Hello, welcome to the Private Wireless podcast series from Enterprise IoT Insights. My name is James Blackman. This series is brought to you with Nokia. This episode looks specifically at Private 4G and more specifically what Nokia is calling Private 4.9G. And of course, we will talk about Private 5G as well and what that means for industry. I'm joined as always by Stefan Doble, Head of Marketing for Enterprise Solutions at Nokia. Stefan, welcome back. Thanks for joining us today. Hi, hi James. Nice to talk to you again. So, Stefan, let's start uh, today with, with kind of a history lesson of sorts, I guess. You said before we went on air that you thought it might be worth looking back a little bit just because, you know, it's sometimes forgotten that there is nothing really new about this idea of either cellular for enterprise or, or cellular for critical comms. Just, Stefan, if you can explain some of that and how we got to where we are today. Yes, James, definitely. That's, that's indeed a very important thing to look at where those technology are coming from. And actually, uh, you know, the, the common thing across, you know, the technology 4G and 5G is that they both come from a, a standard body called 3GPP that represents, you know, a large group of different, you know, stakeholders, you know, both in the telecom space, but also the industry. And uh, 3GPP defines, you know, mobile radio technology for use in wide area, uh, you know, for mobile operator networks uh, around the world. And this is now, you know, the technology that's basically used for, you know, all the operators. And the first technology that came from this group was a GSM or sometimes called 2G that really dates back from 1992, which was really when the mobile phone became kind of mass market. Then we had 3G, UMTS, and then finally in 2008 was the creation of, you know, what we call today, you know, LTE or, or 4G that was defined in what we call the 3GPP release 8. And that really helped bring, you know, on top of voice, high performance data on those public networks. And really, when you take a look at all technology starting back from 2G, you know, the common DNA for those technology was really the need to bring consumer uh, and enterprise as well, enterprise user, reliable mobile service, whether voice or data, in all possible environments, you know, with the ability to support uh, a large number of users simultaneously on, uh, you know, those networks, but also the ability to support mobility at any kind of speed and all the way to, uh, you know, high-speed trains, for example. Around the same time, you, I think around the 90s, uh, you also had several, you know, technology that were derived from uh, those baseline technology. You had P25 based on cDNA or Tetra technology or DSMR, mostly leveraging some of the, the technology innovation around GSM or 2G that were also designed, uh, you know, for the need of critical communication, initially voice really. Uh, and then P25 and Tetra was really around public safety uh, and then GSMR was around for train. And, you know, again, the, those technology leverage, uh, you know, the, the, the free GDP innovation to bring wide area network uh, communication system that really had a good level of reliability, productivity, and security in line with the requirements of those critical users. So, you know, bottom line with those two trends, what we see is we see that, you know, the need for reliable wireless communication is not new. And it started, you know, back in the 90s, serving first the train uh, communication needs as well as public safety user, but it really took time. And that's what's happened you know, in the last three or four years for the industry to realize the potential for reliable high-speed data wireless networks also in industrial sites. Okay. Great. And, and just, you know, another point of clarity, if you like, on, you know, reliable high-speed connectivity before we get into the whole 4G, 4.9G discussion. 
you know, there is this perception that enterprises have a choice here about how to procure airtime for their industrial machines and processes, a choice between, you know, private 5G networks and slices of public, of public 5G networks. Now, as I, as I understand it, Nokia thinks that, you know, when it comes to manufacturing sites and smart factories and other self-contained industrial plants, that network slicing doesn't really cut it, if you'll, you know, if you'll excuse the pun. Just explain, Stefan, why that is and when 5G slicing is worth a look. Definitely, yeah. I mean, as we saw and, and, and talked about, I think, in, in the previous podcast, they are clearly in, you know, enterprise needs for frequent wireless connectivity that are both on the wide area networks as well as industrial sites. And I think that the industrial side is probably the, the newer trend that private wireless address. And, and while, you know, uh, it has already been done on the wide area network with LTE for public safety, for example, you know, with 5G, you know, from release 16 and 17, it introduced the concept of slicing that will enable the CSP uh, to effectively resell wide area network services with associated SLA to guarantee the enterprise user with you know, a good quality of service. Uh, and then once they will also have established a dense footprint of edge cloud server, uh, they will also be able to offer guaranteed low latency on those public networks. So that's clearly one area that slicing has been designed to address and, um, you know, it, it is true uh, that you know slicing could you know could have an a, a, also a use for the enterprise, but we mostly see that for those wide area network. So what is newer here is really the fact that the same technology you know whether it's 4.9 GLT and 5G can also be used at micro scale to serve the need of an industrial site, and for an industrial site, wider slicing you know could clearly help a bit on the outdoor area. There is a good connectivity around. You know, you cannot really beat the law of physics in terms of radio propagation, and you will always need at a minimum to deploy at least some local small cell on site to guarantee the coverage where you need it, you know, indoor, outdoor, inside of the, you know, the mine pit or, or the tunnel of the mine, for example. You know, these are areas that are typically not served by public networks. Still, you know, the need of, of enterprises go uh, way beyond that, and industrial um, want control of these networks um, they want to have maximum security, data confidentiality, so data doesn't flow back to somebody else's network, high reliability and availability of these networks that sometimes extend to several layers of redundancy. Uh, very much like their land today, in effect, you know, those lands are powering critical OT application. And this is where private wireless really, you know, the networks are really coming in for the same thing, powering those highly critical uh, OT application. So, so beyond getting all the capability, you know, we just talked about what is what is interesting, you know, for private wireless network is because you design the network and your coverage based on your need, and because the capacity is really dedicated to you, you control who and what machine gets connected to it, but also because the core is deployed locally and the application can also run locally, you get significantly better performance than a public network, and you know what we've seen in some of the testing, we can easily shave off ten to thirty millisecond of latency as everything is effectively on site. So, you know, a private networks really guarantees that you get the best performance out of the technology you use, whether it's 4.9G, LTE, or, or even 5G, because everything is your, under your control and only serving your specific users. All right, so Stefan, let's get into the, the alphabet soup, if you like, of LTE, to borrow, you know, your term there, uh, because LTE has been around for a while, and is you know is developed a whole lot 
but there is a lot of terminology in there. We have LTE Advanced, we have, I believe, 4.75G, I think. Nokia is using 4.9G. I mean, I get confused. So, so you know, help me out if you can. What is 4.9G and why is the, you know, why is the distinction important and more than just, you know, a marketing term? Yeah, and this is a good question and, and one I'm, I'm really glad to answer. Um, I mean, I think one of the things is if you look at the, the, the 4G LTE standards, you know, as I mentioned earlier, it dates back from 2018 with, you know, release eight. And like all 3G that PP technology and very much like good wine, it just gets better with age. And with every new release uh, that 3G come up with and all the way in that case for LTE up to release 15, the technology has been improved. Uh, and, you know, more specifically, if you look at, you know, 4G LTE, since release 11, you know, a lot of critical connectivity and IoT feature have been added. Uh, and you may have, you know, heard the term before, as you were saying, LTE Advanced, LTE Advanced Pro, or even some folks, you know, called it 4.5G, 4.75G, that describe all those enhancements that came, you know, up to release 12 um, and 13. One other thing that maybe the industry didn't pick up on because we were very much into the, let's say the, the early hype cycle, hype cycle of 5G is that beyond 12 and 13, there was also, there was no new name for all the things that got added, uh, you know, after, you know, in release 13, 14 and 15, despite the fact there was a lot of really good stuff and good improvement that were added. And this is this last version uh, that we call 4.9G. And with 4.9G, you know, with the concept is you really get quite a few uh, a few enhancements uh, specific to the enterprise and are very important and make those networks very capable. And you know, for example, with 4.9G, you get things that also are staying on with 5G. For example, LTM and narrowband IoT will provide a very deep and very wide connectivity for low power but long battery life sensor. Uh, you know, that's something that's really important for many enterprise applications, and that's going to stay on with 5G even you know, beyond release 18. And finally, with 4.9G, probably what's most important, you're really the closest you can to 5G. Uh, and most, you know, private wireless solution today that runs 4.9G can provide that smooth evolution to 5G, which is going to be obviously very important uh, in a few years as you progress uh, to 5G technology. Okay, so, so Stefan, that's helpful. But, but let, let's move the conversation on to 5G, which, you know, obviously everyone's talking about at the minute and gets a lot of a lot of column inches, but still remains arguably a little bit out of reach, you know, certainly in terms of the, I guess, the kind of precision and, and synchronization capabilities, which get the industrial set excited. But Stephen, talk about, you know, the great promise of, of, of private 5G and what it will do for industry. So what's important is, you know, clearly 5G is the first, you know, technology that has been designed from the get-go with industry in mind. And, you know, over time will bring significant improvement to cater for almost 100% of industrial use cases. So Nokia is very excited about 5G, and that's why we have launched the industry-first commercial 5G SA private wireless solution in July 2020. And we felt that the time was really ripe as the 5G architecture of the future, called 5G SA or 5G standalone, is effectively the base for all future industrial innovation that are yet to be standardized. And this architecture was complete, hence we could start providing a solution to the industry that could evolve over time to release 16, 17, and 18. And why this is important is because those you know, newer release 
are the ones that bring the bulk of the new capability that we need for those future industrial use cases, such as you know, ultra-reliable low latency, time-sensitive network, time-sensitive communication, endogenous positioning, etc. And these are the things that really provide a big leap of uh, additional capability compared to 4.9G and LTE. In effect, if you look at you know, where we are today with most chipset and system, we are at release 15. And the main benefit of release 15, mostly designed for CSP, are around increased data rate. And while that's important for industrial as well, it's mostly concerned video-based application where you, for example, can go from HD sensors or camera to 4K or have a few more cameras per BTS, for example. So, but you know, the, the bulk will really will come from those later release 16, 17, 18. So one of the main reasons that you know, we've launched in, in 2020 as well, and that's probably you know, the very important point I want to make here, is we wanted to provide a, a, a early, the whole industry and our partner, um, and a, a very reliable system that was industrial OEM system you know, manufacturer could use to test 5G and really help accelerate the 5G ecosystem. You know, very much like we did with 4G LTE, you know, Nokia is working hard at the moment with all our partners in that space to really show them what early 5G can already do. And this is really the first brick of the house uh, that would help us uh, after once we get the chipset manufacturer to commit to provide you know, those uh, 5G release 16, 17 and 18 uh, industrial chipset and all the feature that goes with it so that you know, the ecosystem players like the machine builders, et cetera, can integrate this chipset inside of the next generation system. So that's very important. And you know, this is based on, a, on the lesson we've learned with private wireless based on you know, 4.9 GLTE is that you know, really the, the ecosystem is actually critical. Um, the market you know, potential for 5G is not just for private 5G as we talked about, it's also for slicing. And we're hoping together with private 5G and 5G slicing for industrial need as well, will help you know, ramp up you know, the ecosystem and the, short, the time will be shorter this time around to give us the chips that we need. So we really should not ignore that element of, of ecosystem that will help kickstart the market. Uh, be because without you know, those devices, industrial systems, you are quite limited to what you can do in real operation uh, you know, with a private 5G network. So that's why, you know, on top of the need for 5G spectrum, vertical spectrum, uh, and the fact that the industrial OEM have a quite slow refresh cycle, you know, most of the analysts' recent forecasts do not see a strong 5G private wireless pickup uh, in terms of big volumes, maybe until, you know, 2025, and 5G private wireless, you know, market will probably not overtake private wireless based on 4.9G LTE, maybe until the end of the decade. Okay, and, and, and Stefan, are there any, you know, are there any specific segments or markets where you see a bigger drive for 5G? I mean, it seems to be manufacturing in the main part and the big flagship, you know, manufacturing brands of the world, particularly in markets where, you know, vertical spectrum has been freed up. Just talk about that a little bit, if you can. Yes, that's correct. So, you know, first of all, as you, as you mentioned uh, just before, there are a few markets where the vertical spectrum has been given for the industrial to use is based on newer bands, hence there is no ecosystem for 4G uh, either, or it's mostly 5G bands. And in that sense, um, you know, if you do not want to work with a partner that can bring you spectrum and you absolutely want to work with vertical spectrum, you have no choice, hence you better start with 5G. 
and start getting going. And then as the ecosystem develop, expand your use case and, and run more and more things of your operation, your 5G network. From a segment point of view, um, rightly, you know, the manufacturing and in particular the discrete manufacturing subsegment is probably the place where you have um, you know, a few applications already today or in the short term future that could do with the enhancement that will come with 5G release 16 of 17. So in that sense, there's signs of earlier demand uh, in that subset, in that particular subsegment. And you see this uh, you know, particularly visible in the automotive manufacturing industry, based on the fact that they design today the factories that will build the cars in five or six years. And for that reason, they are very eager to get their hands on a private wireless 5G system, you know, that help also test and, and, and work and drive the 5G industrial uh, ecosystem space and ensure that when they build those factories in a three or four years time, they can really use the 5G capability that they would have put in place. Okay, but, but uh, you know, I mean, I guess if we put this finally in, in, in some perspective, and, you know, as you said before, and as the analysts have suggested, the private cellular market in 2021 is about LTE, right, and not actually about 5G in real terms. I mean, you know, anecdotally, from a press point of view, in terms of the messaging that comes to us, the fanfare in 2020 was all 5G, but the detail, in fact, was all LTE, and I believe you know, I believe release 17 with UILLC and TSN and all the other good stuff has been put back to 2022. Is that fair that the industry that industry 4.0 remains an LTE market in the short and the medium term? You know, here we are as we are at the start of 2021. Yes. Yeah, so while, you know, the key pieces of the 5G ecosystem are being you know developed and put in place, uh, the good news is 4.9 GLT can really handle the lion's share of of the industry follows your use case. And it is really a great place to start you know, on the road to 5G. And in fact, if you look at most of our customer deployments in 2020 are still very much based on 4.9 GLT. And you know, we anticipate the majority of our customers will you know, be running 4.9 GLT, maybe with 5G for at least the next five to 10 years. And even if you look on some of the you know, 30 plus you know, Nokia customers who have currently deployed you know, 5G private wires in their premises. Most of them have a concurrent, you know, private 4.9G networks that's running their main operation while they trial test 5G. So, you know, as we, you know, touched on before, um, you know, regarding private wireless networks and their ability to really extract the best performance of a given radio technology, because they are dedicated, you know, private wireless based on 4.9G LT already provides a massive leap in capability and performance compared to former you know, or existing wireless technology. And, and there has, at this point in time, rarely been a use case that we were not able to support in the deployment we've done so far. So you know, my, my final message is you know, Industry 4.0 and the digitalization that you need to do uh, you know, is happening now. So our message to Industry all are, uh, you know, obviously, this is not about technology, but more about what use case they, they need to run on it, what problem they have. And, Really, by starting early, you know, you learn it's a long process. You can start your digitalization early. I mean, digital twin is one of the big, big application. And that really already gives you a head start. And you can start reaping the benefit of, you know, both increased flexibility, efficiency, resiliency, sustainability, et cetera. So there's really a lot of benefit already connecting assets and getting real-time data and getting a full overview of what's happening in your sites. And really, when the time, you know, welcome for 5G, 
you'll anyway be in a better position with a smooth upgrade to add 5G to your sites. Okay, so Stefan, I think that's all we've got time for. You know, thank you again for another fascinating discussion. I'm, I'm gutted really that this is the, the last one in the schedule, the fourth of four, uh, you know, podcast episodes. But, you know, who knows, perhaps we'll reprise this again, hopefully with yourself, hopefully with Nokia and, and, and maybe with other organisations as well. I've got to say, I think, you know, the past four episodes of, are full of great stuff and really they tell the story of where the industry is at today with private wireless and where it's headed as well. Um, if you haven't caught up with the other episodes, then I urge you to seek them out on enterpriseiotinsights.com. Thanks everyone for joining us. We'll catch you all soon. And thanks Stefan again. It's been a, it's been a pleasure and a delight as always.